dormant controls, he managed to get the dual bank of suspensor engines functioning. The pod tugged against gravity, heaving itself off the ground. The mouth of the storm lunged toward them, and Leah closed the cover plate, hoping the ancient meteorological apparatus would hold together. He trusted his father's intuition to a certain extent, but not his practicality. The egg-shaped pod rose smoothly on suspensors, buffeted by precursor breezes. "'Ah, there we are,' Kynes said. "'Now our work begins.' The storm hit them like a blunt club and vaulted them high into the maelstrom. Days earlier, on a trip into the deep desert, Pardo Kynes and his son had discovered the familiar markings of a botanical testing station, abandoned thousands of years before. Fremen had ransacked most of the research outposts, scavenging valuable items, but this isolated station in an armpit of rock had gone undiscovered until Kynes spotted the signs. He and Leot had cracked open the dust-encrusted hatch to peer inside like ghouls about to enter a crypt. They were forced to wait in the hot sun for atmospheric exchange to clear out the deadly stale air. Pardo Kynes paced in the loose sand, holding his breath and poking his head into the darkness, waiting until they could enter and investigate. These botanical testing stations had been built in the golden age of the old empire— Back then, Kynes knew, this desert planet had been nothing special, with no resources of note, no reason to colonize. When the Zensuni wanderers had come here after generations of slavery, they'd hoped to build a world where they could be free. But that had been before the discovery of the spice melange, the precious substance found nowhere else in the universe. And then everything had changed. Kynes no longer referred to this world as Arrakis, the name listed in Imperial records, but instead used the Fremen name, Dune. Though he was by nature Fremen, he remained a servant of the Padishah Emperors. Elrud IX had assigned him to unravel the mystery of the spice, where it came from, how it was formed, where it could be found. For thirteen years Kynes had lived with the desert dwellers— he had taken a Fremen wife, and he'd raised a half-Fremen son to follow in his footsteps, to become the next planetologist on Dune. Kynes's enthusiasm for this planet had never dimmed. He thrilled at the chance to learn something new, even if he had to thrust himself into the middle of a storm. The pod's ancient suspensors hummed against the Coriolis howl like a nest of angry wasps. The meteorological vessel bounced on swirling currents of air, a steel-walled balloon. Wind-borne dust scoured the hull. "'This reminds me of the aurora storms I saw on Seleucus Secundus,' Kynes mused. "'Amazing things. Very colorful and very dangerous. The hammer-wind can come up from out of nowhere and crush you flat. You wouldn't want to be caught outside.' "'I don't want to be outside in this one either,' Liet said. Stressed inward, one of the side plates buckled. Air stole through the breach with a thin shriek. Liet lurched across the deck toward the leak. 
He'd kept the repair kit and foam sealant close at hand, certain the decrepit pod would rupture. We are held in the hand of God, and could be crushed at any moment. That's what your mother would say, the planetologist said without looking up from the skeins of information pouring through the recording apparatus into an old data pack. Look, a gust clocked at eight hundred kilometers per hour. His voice carried no fear, only excitement. What a monster storm! Liet looked up from the stone-hard sealant he had slathered over the thin crack. The squealing sound of leaking air faded, replaced by a muffled hurricane din. If we were outside, this wind would scour the flesh off our bones. Kynes pursed his lips. Quite likely true, but you must learn to express yourself objectively and quantitatively. Scour the flesh off our bones is not a phrasing one would include.